Ben. I think I should drop the now then. I like the now then. Now then, welcome back, Sadders, um, to another episode of the Sitcom Archive Deep Dive Overdrive. With me, Eggs Benedict. And me, Alison Barton-Simmons. Um, we are still taking the deepest of dives into every episode ever made of The Good Life. Good Neighbours in America, of course, which ran from 1975 to 1978 on the BBC. We are now on Series 2, Episode 4, The Day Peace Broke Out. Um, we've both watched the episode and we're about to pick the fuck out of it for your listening pleasure. Absolutely. So this podcast is um, it's a listen-along podcast, so if you want to join us, you can watch the episodes... Um, in the order from from series one to series four and all the other extra little bits in between and listen along to the corresponding podcast with us and we chat all about it. And we tweet out links every week as well to where you can watch these episodes for free thanks to the wonder of piracy in the internet. I don't really think they should be on Daily Motion, but they are. So actually... They the, are. It's- some of them are on YouTube as well. They are, but they're in they're in sections of threes, which is weird because sometimes I can I can watch part two and part three, but can't find part one. That's not very good when you're trying to do a professional podcast job about it. Is exactly, it? yes. But luckily, I have it on DVD, which I bought off eBay, so I'm all set. So, Al, do you, are you aware of uh, Monty Don? Yeah, is he a gardener? He's a gardener. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things that we haven't talked about too much on this podcast is the effect that The Good Life had on uh, culture in terms of people giving sustainability a go. Yes. Um, and I think we'll probably do that more as it goes on. And there's been lots of examples, hasn't there, of um, people trying to do it also in virtu- in, in reality TV. I think Giles Corrin and mm-hmm. Sue Perkins did it one time yes they had that that little um was it an, was it a, a series or was it an episode of of, of a series where they had a, they had a try a series. Yeah. tom and barbara yeah i didn't watch it i don't like super Perkins. oh i don't like giles curran no i don't like him much either to be honest so <laughs> it was a double whammy for me <laughs> it's certainly the, the show um certainly did um inspire a lot of people even now for sort of 40 50 years later um to give it a go now monty don he um, was talking a few years ago about the self-sufficient lifestyle promoted by Felicity Kendall and Richard Bryars. And, yeah. and here's, here's a quote for you from Monty Don. Self-sufficiency, I have to tell you, is a non-starter. At best, it consigns you to a life of dreary repetition and terrible food. At worst, your teeth fall out, your breath stinks, you erupt in boils, and you sink into 13th century malnutrition. A good life indeed. Wow, Monty Dom. I don't know. Has, has he not just has he not just confused self sufficiency with the plague? No, that sounds <laughs> a bit of a horrific take. Yeah. Um, whilst acknowledging the benefits of some fruit, vegetables, and herbs, which he says is one of the most life enhancing things a person can do, will make your fucking mind up. Um, yeah. He slammed Kendall and Briars, Barbara and Tom as creepily pathetic. Oh, that's just harsh, isn't it? Yeah, fuck you, Monty Don, you pube-headed cold saw. <laughs> you don't have a go at Barbara. Oh. 
If you've got no, anything, see, anything negative just... to say about Felicity Kendall, you can just about bloody well say it to me first. <laughs> it just sounds, um, oh, very dramatic and um, I don't yeah. As someone that's a gardener that does that as a profession, it's it's quite an odd take. Very I negative. Hashtag cancel mm. Naughty Don. Yeah, that's it. Let's just call for that. Um, oh, so there you go. How disappointing. Yeah, that was a neg- mm. negative thing to start on, so I'll try and lighten the mood. I've got a quiz for you. Oh, good. Excellent. You, What's it about? You like a quiz, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I love a quiz. It's about the Principality of San Marino. Um, no. <clears throat> It is about it is about the good life, believe it or not. I've got Wow. Wasn't expecting that. I've got five questions for you, which maybe is a bit many, but fuck it, let's just do five questions. If you get all five you will win my um everlasting respect. Thank you. Get even one wrong and you're dead to me. (laughs) Okay. Right. Right. Uh, Okay. It's right. You know, I'm only joking. Don't I don't want to put you under too much pressure. (laughs) Question one. Every mem- every cast member of The Good Life has been honoured with the CBE, okay? Mm-hmm. One of them has been honoured even beyond a CBE. Which cast member is that? I'm going to go Briars. Oh, you've fallen at the first hurdle. It is, really? It is Dame Penelope Keith. But I thought that was like a... I thought it was a, a bit easy, that. I was going to go for Penelope, but, but then thought that you were, you were trying to trick me. No, not at all. Oh, well, why would I try oh. and trick you? I thought that I thought it was like a, a trick question. I'm not tricksy. See, right, well, uh, okay, so oh, not Briars then. No. Well, here we go. Well, question, yeah. question two is a bit tricksy, because if you get this wrong, to be fair, you're going to look like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take much. Right, go on. Because we only covered this episode two weeks ago, but here we go. A gallon of goat's milk equals how many pairs of knickers? I'll give you... Two. Oh, no, I didn't even need to give you the option. <laughs> you were right. Yeah, two. Well done. You've redeemed yourself. Question three. Was that a multiple choice as well? Were you going to give me options? I was going to give you options for that one, yeah, but you didn't need it. Oh, no. I think basically all the questions need to cover the episodes that we've already done, and then, you, then you'll be golden. Because they are, yeah, they're in my, in my mind then. Um, here we go then. Question three. Which of the following is not a name the goods give to their animals or plants? And I'll give you four options. Okay. Okay. Pinky, Margot, Douglas, Brian. Oh. I think it's either Douglas or Brian. You're in 50-50. I think I might need to phone a friend. Because um, Pinky is one of the pigs. Correct. And Margot was the original name for the goat, Geraldine, in the first episode. Correct. Um, I'm going to go Douglas. Oh. oh. Douglas. Is it Brian? It's Brian. Douglas is the name that... Um, Barbara gives to her runner bean in the episode that we haven't covered yet where they w- work out that talking to their plants helps them grow. Oh. Whereas Brian... Disappointing. ...in another future yeah. episode is the name of a horse mm. that um, a coal man offers to give to the goods, but they decline. Right. So it was a little bit tricksy because Douglas and Brian both do crop up 
But you got one out of three so far, so... Hmm. Mm, it's a good job I'm not doing a podcast about it this is, show, isn't it? it? I might have to start recruiting <laughs> for a replacement for you. <laughs> I think you need to sack me. Um, right, here we go. This is a quite a tough one as well, actually. I don't want to give you too easy. And Right, here we go. What is? The, I, think, I think you should. I think maybe I should next time. What is the title of the book that Tom asks Jerry to pick up for him? This has been covered in an early episode, I think. Oh, cripes. I'll give you options. Yeah. Sustainable urbanism and environmental economics in post-war Britain, which sounds like a page-turner. The morphology, pathology and gynaecology of the domesticated pig. Agricultural advances within a postmodern global ecosystem. Or the joy of sex. I think it is... Is it the pig gynecology one? Well done. Yes, it was. It was the pig one. See, because you remembered, because it's been on already, that one. Yes. We've covered it. Two out of four. If you get three out of five, that's pretty good, because these are quite okay. hard questions. I'll take that. Yeah. Right. Finally, what does Sir mistakenly think is Tom's wife's name? Four options? Yes. Fiona, Fatima, Dorothy, or Louise? He mistakenly calls her um, one of these names on more than one occasion. I think it's Fatima. Yay! Three out of five. Well done, Al. Cause, yeah. Because I remember thinking about <laughs> javelins when he said it. <laughs> thinking about what, sorry? <laughs> javelins! Oh. <laughs> well, word association, if it works for you. It is. That's how things tend to work in my head. Oh, so three out of five's not bad. That's all right, yeah. Yeah, well done. I think we, you can get a gold star for that. Well, silver star. Thank you. Well, a bronze, well, that's bronze, that. bronze I'll, star. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take. I'll take whatever. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, so, shall we get stuck into um, season two, episode four? The day peace broke out. Let's do that. Good life. 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 So the show opens with Barbara just preparing lunch for Tom, um, who's hurt himself because he's been. Headbutted by a, a killer pubescent goat. Oh yeah, he did make a fuss. He does make a fuss, but clearly that mm. scene we uh, is just setting up the very last scene in the episode, which we'll come back to. Yes, um, absolutely. Because I wondered why they had a killer goat, but it does come full circle. You know, shows with good writing, they don't make you realise that they're foreshadowing things. They do it yeah. naturally. They do. Um, and they're, they're having some lunch, and Tom thinks it's leek soup. Um, but it's not, it's potato soup. Um, Tom very slowly works out that leeks have been going AWOL from his garden. Yeah. Mm. And they're, they're, they're both sort of convinced that each of them is picking leeks and um, not telling the other one. So it's a big sort of um, mystery at the start of the episode. Yeah, he's a bit slow in the uptake because he refuses to accept mm. that he's not eating leek soup even though Barbara made it. Um, <laughs> Remembers yeah. peeling the potatoes. Um, but when he works out that the leaks have gone missing, he's sort of ap- apoplectic about it, isn't he? Mm, yeah. Because it is his livelihood, There's... so fair enough. Of course. You you would be gutted if, you, if you'd if you sown them and, and you were ready to pick them to, to eat and, and to sell your surplus. You would be gutted if someone had swiped them, I think. Yeah. It's just not on to take a leak, is it, in public? It's not, it's not on at all to take a leak. Later on that evening, around at um, Margot and Jerry's for drinks, Tom is still sort of distractedly contemplating his missing leaks, isn't he? 
he's still mm. bothered by it. And we get some more exposition here as to the forthcoming production of The Sound of Music, which is kind of imminent. They're building it up to the climactic episode with Margot playing um, Julie Andrews' role, aren't they? Yes. Which is nice. Um, and then, of course, uh, Margot comes in and she's going to serve dinner, which is... Did you write down what she was serving? She's got a... a she's serving name. meat. Meat. It, well, it, she says that she's going to serve meat because Barbara's not getting enough iron. So it's, again, it's that underhanded, um, passive-aggressive way of dissing the lifestyle. Yeah, but it's also laced with good intent, isn't it? I mean, she could just do it I without so. telling her, without being so superior. Yeah. No, we've got to have it sort of, you know, out there as to what she's doing. So she's busy preparing her cock les Danure et Duke la Ganette. Lamb cutlets. Lamb cutlets. But for starter, they're all having leek soup. Leek soup. And Tom swoops in there straight away, pretty much accusing Margot of taking leeks from the garden. Yeah. Um, and Ma- Margot just disappears off, disappears off and returns with a bill from Harrods. <laughs> so she's got a leeks from Harrods, which is, um, it made me quite envious that... Um, I don't get my leaks from Harrods. I wonder how much a leak from Harrods would cost today. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm going to look. I'm going to look that up for next week. Okay, I'll report back. Uh, that can be the quiz next week. You can give me three choices. Yes. How many? How, how much uh, uh, a leak? Yes, costs. there we go. Oh, right. Sorted. Um, so um, yeah, Jerry calls Tom's lack of diplomacy in um, sort of exchanging glances about this leak thing. And mm-hmm. as you say, Margot sort of bungs the receipt two inches from Tom's ignorant head where he could barely focus on the words. So there's actually a, uh, there's a surprising agreement from Margot with Tom's outrage about these leaks, isn't there? There is, because Tom um, insists that obviously the, the leaks are part of their capital um, and Margot says that she couldn't agree more. Yeah. And then she goes on a um, two-minute rant about the moral decline since the fall of the last Conservative government. <laughs> Yep, yep, she's bemoaning young girls with obscene innuendi on their T-shirts, open-neck shirts at the Dorchester, and people saying Monday through Friday instead of Monday to Friday. Very similar to the complaints that Penelope Keith had in subsequent arguments (laughs) that we've covered in previous shows. Um, uh, Newspaper articles, I should say. She sort of rails Mm. against grammar and modern Americanization, doesn't she? She does, but um, at this stage, Jerry's um, answer is to just hit the gin. Yeah. He, Where's the alcohol, he says. Yeah, and who could blame him? I think, you know, it's, it's quite dark, but I think Jerry really copes with a very stressful, high-demanding marriage with alcoholism. I think he does. I ab- I absolutely agree. I think it's um, it's his go-to, isn't it? It's his go-to friend for, for any situation. Yeah. I think she gets trolleyed as well, to be honest. It probably probably takes its toll on her arguing all the time. I mean, she's the one who creates the situations with her um, logical fallacies and she she actively mm. seeks arguments, doesn't she? But um, they don't have an yeah. argument here. They all work together and hatch a plan to set a trap for the, um, the leak thief. Yes. Although before they do that, Barbara, she's a right shit-stirring little cow in this one, isn't she? This was st- This was really stirring this. Yeah, she did. Proper mixed it up. Yeah, snitched on Jerry 
for making a mm. uh, barbed remark about Margot's part in The Sound of Music. And she says she says to um, Tom and Jerry, she, yeah, she, st- she stirs it up to, um, to Tom and Jerry by saying that most men would be proud of their wives playing the lead in The Sound of Music. And Tom chips in, um, I don't suppose he meant it anyway. Um, so Margot is then, what, 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 what? And she wants to know what Jerry's been saying about her. Yeah, I was expecting a thank you very much, Jerry. I didn't get one. No. Yeah, right, shit-stirring bastards, the two of them. Yeah, they, yeah, they were a bit, it's a bit mean. But then um, in, in the immediate scene after that, we see Tom asleep like a bowery bum in his own doorway, slumped over um, in the middle of the night with a... <laughs> it's like something out of a bloody Guy Ritchie movie. He's got a shooter. He's got a shooter. He's got a pellet gun again. Do you think it's the same one that he nearly shot the chicken with? I think it must be. Or either that or Jerry's um, gone down the East End to see some of his connections and sourced a... Oh, blimey. He sourced a shooter. <laughs> you, are you trying to mag me off? Get us a fucking shooter. But a leak thief turns up, but he ain't subtle, is he? He's right under a lamppost looking shady as anything. With clip-clop shoes on. Clip-clopping down the street. Yeah. With with some stacked heels. And he sort of looks... It's not very um, inconspicuous, is it? No, and then he's looking over the both shoulders. You know, neighbourhood watch, which you would assume that Marco is the president of. Um, yeah. They'd be all over that. But clearly, he's he's getting away with, um, with nicking leaks left, right and centre. But Tom sees him. The guy tries to run off and Tom shoots the d- doesn't he? <laughs> shoots him in the bum. <laughs> Fuck, I've said d- again. Um, <laughs> yes, he shoots him in the bum with his pellet gun. Yeah. And he's <gasps> very proud of himself. He's strutting around his kitchen like a sort of middle-class taxi driver, isn't he? After that, like yeah. Robert De Niro. Is it, is it, is it, is it a jo- like a John Wayne walk? He's doing like a John Wayne spinny gun sort of strut through his kitchen. Yeah. And he's referring to himself as the fastest gun in Surbiton. Yeah, but then he's caught by Barbara, who sees him dicking about with his with his gun, and tries to look like he's not dicking about with his gun. Yeah, but then she's dicking about with his gun. Next scene, isn't she? <laughs> Lots of dicking about. To be honest, if you're alone in a room with a gun, whether it be toy, pellet gun, or a, a broom handle Mauser. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you're gonna yeah. you're gonna dick about with it, aren't you, and start pretend shooting? Yeah, you're gonna do Robert De Niro. Yeah, in Taxi Driver, everyone you are, everyone would. Gonna, yeah, but unfortunately for Tom, he's now he's up in the dock because uh, the leak thief has um, <laughs> charged him, or rather, the old bill of charged him with common assault for for shooting a leak yes. thief in the Aris. So it has literally backfired. It has backfired, and. Um, Next thing you know, we're up in court with Tom and the judge is this... I know that guy. Don't you know that guy who played the judge? I don't... I, I didn't recognise him, no. I recognised him. He's sort of that archetypal pompous prick kind of yeah, character. Yeah, Um I looked him up and I don't know... I mean, he has been in things, you know, Shelley again, Citizen Smith again. Um, they were really shared out, weren't they, between... Yeah. Between sitcoms in the 70s. They must have all, all been in the same union or sort of equity or something. <laughs> so I got put forward for the same things. The guy, uh, the the leak thief, gets a, a a sentence, and then Tom is also sentenced to twenty eight days in Chokey for being an argumentative helmet and not accepting the um, yeah the punishment for shooting. He could have been gun. bound over. 
What's that, yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, bound over. It means that you've just got to you've got to keep the peas for that that amount of time and not cause any problem and just sort of keep your head down. But Tom just didn't seem to want to do that. He just wanted to to be an arsehole about it. Yeah, he clearly fancies himself as one of these freemen of the land type people. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes I like to create our house and garden into an independent state with laws of its own. Yeah, but then ends up behind bars because he's just being a knob. Yeah. Yeah, br- and they said if you do it again, the same thing's just going to happen. You're just going to keep end up being brought back and and being sent back to prison again. So yeah, just being pompous just didn't pay off for him. That's Tom all over though, isn't it? He's not quick on the uptake. Yes. Even when he's in prison, he doesn't realise because we we see Jerry mm. Jerry and Barbara visiting Tom in in Chokey, which is a very sort of H M Slade type seventies prison, isn't it? Yeah. Half expected to see Mr. Mackay patrolling the corridors or something. <laughs> it was that kind of place, definitely. Barbara's Barbara's upset. She's all the more lovely when she's upset, I think. I mean, you just yeah. want to look after her, don't you? And they, they, they tried to have a bit of chit-chat, sort of through that fence thing. Yeah. But they are, yeah, she's she's in a bad way. What is it? Yeah. Is it again from the young ones where someone says they want to cherish Felicity Kendall? Yes, I think. And, and Vivian says, I've never heard it called that before. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's Rick, isn't it? But um, yeah, unlike Barbara, Jerry just takes a piss, which is kind of his um, go-to kind of attitude, isn't it? He takes a piss out of Tom mm. for being a silly sod. Um, my fear for Tom at this point is that he might become an institutionalised man, like, like your fella from Shawshank, unable to adapt to the outside. <laughs> After 28 days. Yeah. He'll end up with a little budgie in his hand. (laughs) (laughs) Unable to relate to human beings. So, but anyway, he he backs down and um, he accepts being bound over and he's out and he's home. So, yeah, they're in the kitchen. They're in the kitchen and there's passionate kisses all round and lots of... um, they're mega steamy, aren't they, basically, in the kitchen? Yeah, Tom comes back and it's steamy, passionate kisses. In fact, I don't know if you heard this, but someone in the audience that was watching says, Oi, oi. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, there was a definite, Oi, oi, and then a laugh. <laughs> um, and I, I had to keep rewinding it because it was so... Out of the blue. I don't know. You have to listen back to it. But when they're kissing in the kitchen, someone says, Oi, oi. Is it Eric really Idle? Tickle me. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> it was like that. Well, it, it was. It was proper yeah. steamy, though, wasn't it? Um, it looked like he was going to take her right there over the, over the kitchen table. But then, Margot and Jerry. They're about to go upstairs, and then Margot and Jerry burst in, and they've come round to celebrate and toast Tom's yeah. freedom. Which yes. is nice. Yeah, and, and to do something about Tom's awful prison pallor. Yeah. Because he's, he's obviously looking looking wrecked from coming in from, from prison. I also liked Margot's amazing toast, which starts with, although I find Tom's general behaviour irritating in the extreme. <laughs> it's like, I'm with you there, love. She says, better a witty fool than a foolish wit, which is a Shakespeare quote. Ah, She's very, she's very intelligent, isn't she? She's very clever. 
Very well read. Mm. And that, do you know what? That feels like the end of the episode. Tom's out. Um, yeah. It should have been because that. But it's not. <laughs> it, fucking, it fucking should have been because then we just get 10 minutes of weirdness, don't we? Some... It's just really odd, isn't it? Yeah. Let's see. Right. I don't want to dwell too much on this 10 minutes because it's just fucking off the wall shit. But basically, the thief Harry turns up looking quite dapper. I'm sure you'll cover him in Fashion Corner. Mm. <clears throat> he comes around to apologise to Tom while Tom's hoeing the garden. And Tom inexplicably um, invites him in and quickly gets incredibly pally with the guy just because he made a cricket analogy. Mm. So it's as if they've got something in common and they've found common ground. But you wouldn't do, would you? The guy had you banged up in prison. Why would you? Yeah. And it's not just that they're being amiable. He's proper broing up with a with a bastard, isn't he? He can't yeah. stop using his name and touching him. He's like a smitten schoolgirl. <laughs> just touching him. <laughs> and then he even says, as he's leaving, um, tells him to help himself to leeks and he tries to ply him with peapod wine. I thought he was, like, trying to woo him. It was, yeah, it was a really odd, odd sit. Yeah, everything that he sort of, that Tom stands for... Just it suddenly went out the window. It was just really weird. Someone, someone that had got him into trouble, and mm. then he's like literally handing over the thing that he was getting pissed off about in the first place. If it, if it was that much of a non-issue, what the fuck's this issue? This this episode been about? Yeah, and he he keeps calling him Harry at the end. Of every every time he addresses him, he calls him Harry, which is his mm. name. And Harry, I think Harry at the end, he's like, oh, "Fuck this! I'm getting out of here! I'm getting out of here! I'm going!" Getting, yeah. This is weird. He's getting, he makes his excuses. I think he's getting hypnol vibes from, from Tom. <laughs> and he um, he scarpers, doesn't he? And then there's that yeah. weird ending where, I mean, it was clearly this was all a setup, including the very first scene with mention of Geraldine being a killer goat because as he's leaving, Tom insists that um, Harry dig up a leak and Barbara's coming back from walking Geraldine and sees this from afar. And um, understandably gets her angry Barbara voice on. She does. She does. And she sets Geraldine on the leak thief. Geraldine, kill! Yeah. It was a weird ending. Unexpected. Yeah, it just seemed like ten minutes more than it needed to be, that episode. Yeah. Yeah. They could have, could have, oi, oi, kissing, and then... <laughs> oi, oi. Mango and Jerry, and then a party. A kitchen party. That would have done it, wouldn't it? It would, I think so. One thing I noticed, um, I've meant I've meant to mention this in previous weeks. It looks to me like Richard Bryer's lost quite a bit of weight between the first and the second series. He looks quite svelte, doesn't he? Yes, I know what you mean. He, he just, I don't know what his his face just looks a bit younger. Whether whether he, I don't know. I wonder if he did it. I wonder if his method and he did it for the part because Tom's doing all this manual labour. Sort of, yeah, maybe. So that's the episode. Um, quite a lot to talk about in terms of fashion. I think. Well, so yes. Let's have a trip over to Fashion Corner. Fashion Corner. Fashion Corner. Fashion Corner. Fashion Corner. So, in Fashion Corner this week, um, as as with most weeks, I am going to start with Margot. Um, when they're in um, the Ledbetter's living room, she's in this sort of like maxi caftan dress with big. Um, big swooping sleeves. It's like a green, purple, lilac chiffon 
number um, and you can just see that you can you can you can see the budget being spent every week mm. um, and, it, and it's going towards um, Penelope Keith's wardrobe um, and it's just I think it's just getting better and better and better um, however I also want to mention Barbara's tan leather knee boots in the same oh, scene yeah she's in she's, she's very sort of um, understated in what she's got on I think she's got like a like a pollenic top um, and a long skirt but these the, the tan leather um, knee boots that she's got on which I'm guessing are a hangover from the previous life that she had um yeah because they look very expensive. Um, but I, I, can, I can imagine she's thinking, well, I'll get my wear out of them as well. But they are lovely. Um, but yes, the leak thief, um, when he turns when he turns up at the end of the episode and he's, he's, he's in... He's, I don't think it's a suit. He's in like a brown suede jacket, I think it is, um, mm. with, with, with slacks. Um, he's very brown. He's got like a brown polar neck top on as well, um, and slacks as well. But he's looking, yeah, for someone that's that's sort of a criminal. Yeah, he's been up in before the judge and um, and 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 stealing. He's, he's got yeah, got quite a dapper sort of wardrobe. He's a, there was he's just a gentleman thief, isn't he? He is. There was just something about this character that I just didn't, I just couldn't get on board with at all. Um, okay. Things just didn't seem to sort of fit. But that, but his his wardrobe and how he looks, yeah, very very dapper. Um, and yeah, other than that, Tom, same old blue woolly sweater. Um, and that yeah, that's all I can say about that. The blue woolly sweater was there. I also uh, noted that Jerry's blazer, when they came round to toast Tom's freedom... Oh, when he's looking very... like a captain. Like a, he's like yeah. a ship's captain, isn't he, with his, with his bronze buttons. Button-down sort of blazer. It mm. was quite um, prefecty almost. Yeah, yeah. No cravat, though, I don't think. I think it was just like a, like a, a satin mm. polar neck underneath. No cravat counts. Good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life. Um, so tab tab, we we since we started tab tab, we've hardly seen Briar's smoke. I at know. All, have we? I, just, I think. Do have we jumped the gun? No, I want to carry it on. Okay. I think probably we can use our imagination. I think Tom was probably in his element in bloody Parkhurst because tabs are currency, aren't they? That's it. He would. I bet. I bet he was selling all sorts of stuff for for fags. Yes, probably. Yeah. Oh, God. Doesn't bear thinking about it, does it? <laughs> Tom being a rent boy, just for, just for a quick Lambert. Prison currency, yeah. So, who was your MVP in this episode, Alison? I think in this episode, my MVP, and I don't think I've, I've voted this way before, um, I think it's Jerry. Right. Um, I think for being support to Barbara... Um, going to the prison to see Tom, um, and something that we did, we've not mentioned when we did the walkthrough of the episode, um, when right at, right at the beginning, when the goods go round to the Leadbetters for 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 dinner, and Jerry's bemoaning his journey home. Um, through London and how long it takes, and he, he blames his journey taking so long on a stupid bitch on a Yamaha, he which just that, came yeah. out the, just came out the blue, like left field, like. And uh, I think Tom asks, "Was it Miss Mountshaft?" Which which did tickle me. Um, 
So, d- yeah, despite the swearing and the um, quite mild misogyny, um, I think Jerry this week. Jerry, okay. Mm. I, can, I can see where you're coming from. You've almost convinced me to also cast my vote for Jerry. Oh, okay. And I'm also glad that you voted for Jerry because that puts him above Mr. Coles, who last week drew, drew level with him. Um, however, I'm going to give my MVP to Harry Bennett, the honest thief. Really? Yeah, I know you didn't take to him, but it actually takes quite uh, some bravery, doesn't it, to to go back to the scene of the crime and, and try and make amends because he offered to do some work on the Goods house to yeah. his reparation. Being a painter and decorator. Before Tom decided that he wanted to marry the guy, practically, um, Tom was being quite aggressive. And he was just, he was conciliatory. He was really trying to... Yes. Um, he was really trying to make amends. And I just thought, it takes uh, takes bravery and integrity to do that sort of thing. It's a mystery, really, why he was nicking leaks in the first place, because he doesn't look like a leak thief. No, it was quite a random thing to be doing. Yeah. But then... I th- if if the goods the goods have them in the front garden because it is literally the front garden, isn't it? Mm. Um, they're not asking to be picked, but they're certainly not hidden away. Easy pickings, I suppose. Yeah, still don't like him though. He realizes the error of his ways, and I think mm-hmm. he he deserves forty five years later. He deserves a shout out in a podcast. Yeah, credit where credit's due. Yeah. So do you, do you know what next week's episode is called, Al? I say, Ben, I do know what it's called. It's called Mutiny. Mutiny? Well, mutiny. Hmm. Mm. Mutiny. I don't know what that refers to. Oh, well, we'll find out next week, I guess. Yes. I always think of uh, Mutiny on the Bounty. Like, mm. I don't know. Hmm. Oh, well. We shall see. So if you want to follow us along on social media you can check us out on twitter and instagram at sado podcast have a look for our facebook page which you can find by searching for sado podcast and we have a website at www.sado.club where you can get more information about what we're doing and listen to the episodes get in touch via email at saddlepodcast at gmail.com and if you can Please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. Yeah, reviews are great. It's nice to have that uh, yeah. affirmation. We're needy bastards. Either way, just just tell us. Yeah, yeah or send us an email or something. Just, um, you know, if you're enjoying the show or uh, it helps us build an audience as well if you, if you, if you leave a review or share mm. on social media. Um, we haven't given... Shout outs to Anya for our fabulous artwork for a while. So thank you, Anya. Thank you. Always appreciated. Yeah. And um, our Macedonian Beatmaster Beat Raid for our theme tune. I had um, a compliment about our our theme tune as well this week. Um, Someone that had listened to it and said that it was it was a like a like a funkier version of the theme tune. And I said yes, it absolutely is. It's um, it's wonderful. Yep. If you ever need a theme tune making for a podcast, you can find Beat Raid on SoundCloud and get in touch with him. So thanks for listening and join us again. We'll see you for Mutiny next week. I'll see me. Oi, oi. Oi.